0: Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange Talks with director Eric Tucker and actor Christina Penfilio about APT's 2017 production of Pericles, Prince of Tyre by William Shakespeare.
1: We're going to be discussing uh, Shakespeare's play Pericles, Prince of Tyre, and I have with me director Eric Tucker, who's a first-time director at APT, and Christina Panfilio, who plays not one, but many roles in this play. Um, I wanted to start out by mentioning that uh, APT did the play uh, in 1999, I believe, but it hasn't been done very frequently anywhere. But I've noticed that recently, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the Guthrie Shakespeare in the Park, and Shakespeare's Globe have performed Pericles. Why do you think that is? Well,
2: I, you know, in Shakespeare's time, it was one of the his most successful plays. I think it's a, it, it, it's a real crowd pleaser, and and I think some artistic directors obviously figured that out. Um, uh, I think even many mediocre productions end up doing really well with an audience because it's kind of a great adventure story. Um, and I think it's a bit of a, a hidden gem. People don't know this play as well as they know others. And and also I think places like OSF, you know, these Shakespeare companies, they have to sort of revolve through the canon. And it was its time, I think, in some of those places The OSF version went to the Guthrie, that was the same production, and then it went to the Folger, and I think it did really well because it was a really beautiful production. I didn't get to see it, but I think it's just a really, it's actually a really good play. It's solid, don't you think? I totally agree. And I think it doesn't hurt that it
3: requires a certain level of invention.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, It's big, and it, it's big and now a lot of theaters have a lot of newer resources in terms of storytelling Um, either more costume stuff available or um, projections or Mm -hmm. set pieces or we can sort of be more inventive in terms of the way we tell a story
1: so I think there's something appealing about that as well and it sounds like inventive storytelling is is part of bringing this play to life. Can you talk a little bit about the sets and costumes?
2: Yeah, I think one of the ways in which we're sort of tapping into our inventiveness is that it's a reduced cast. In other words, there aren't enough actors to cover every role. So you have nine actors who have to play several roles and be lots of things. And um, in our production, they also sort of serve to help move the story along with the costumes and set pieces and things like that. So at times I think it, it might look, I'm just guessing because we're only in the first week of rehearsal. <laughs> so I, uh, this is what I have planned. But it doesn't always happen that way, but it, it'll have at some point a backstage feel the way we're putting the play on so that you see the mechanics of how we're telling the story. Or I guess in other words, we're not going to try to hide the fact that we're a bunch of storytellers or an ensemble coming together and telling the story. Um, And, you know, when you were saying it's big, I mean, it is, it's epic. It goes to a lot of places. There are a bunch of different countries, worlds, you know, places. So, We've tried to design it so that those each of those is really starkly different from the other so that it might feel like you've actually walked into a completely different play um, or onto the set of another play when, when, when the world changes. Um, I don't know if we'll achieve that. That's what we have set out to do, but it might be more subtle than that. But... That's the idea right now be, be behind the costumes and the set pieces and how we're trying to... It's almost like the idea that you're looking at a movie set and, and you're seeing kind of the bones of that and watching us switch things up to show you a different image, I suppose, that or a backdrop for that particular scene.
1: Can you give us an example of what some of the different sets and time, settings and time will be?
2: Well, for example, um, Pericles Court which is Tyre, uh, we decided, because that's sort of our home base, we decided to make that very much an Elizabethan court. Um, and then later when he goes to Tarsus, Tarsus when he first arrived is a country that's um, going through a, a famine. A lot of their people are dying. They've lost all of their, they used to be a very wealthy country and they've lost everything. So we decided to, to make that Dust Bowl America. Um, so you can see already, we're not, we're not concerned with time. We're, we're trying to show that the, uh, we're, we're pulling whatever we feel we need to tell the story best, wherever that is and whatever time that's from. Not, we're not, I don't think trying to tell the story that Pericles is a time traveler as much as we're just saying the, the story's timeless and trying to help the audience key in as fast as they can to each one of these places.
1: And, Christina, you play, obviously, different roles in different times and different places. What's that like for you as an actor?
3: Uh, I'm actually sort of focused on one character um, that shows up a little bit later. So I i'm s i don't have quite the load that some of the other actors have um we're all currently and I mean who knows what we'll come up with on the day but oh. currently we're we're all sharing the gower um the sort of gower line um but I have played a bunch a bunch of characters um at the same time before, and I'm watching other people work their way through it, and it is a huge challenge, but also a huge gift. Um, You're sort of required to make everything really clear. There's no space for... I would say that about this whole production. There's really no space for gray area. You know, you have to make really clear, strong choices, or the audience will get confused. um, And you won't tell an effective story. So it's kind of a gift to have to say, well, these two people are they can't be the same, so how are they different? And mm-hmm. how do we tell that story? And how does this character serve this world? And how does this other character serve this other world? And, um, you know, how do we... It's just all good storytelling. Uh, it's a great challenge, but it's also kind is, of a
1: trick. Does costume mm-hmm. help with those transitions? I mean, when, when someone goes from one time period to another, there'll be there'll be a different character and also a different costume. Yeah, the design is completely... each each place that Pericles travels
3: through is is a completely different time and place, really. I
2: mean, yeah, I think say- why I said it might end up being sort of subtle in some ways is because for when I gave that example earlier of, of us going to Dust Bowl America, not the entire ensemble won't suddenly change costumes. So what it is is a lot of times with this kind of a production, what you'll see is that the costume designer gives all of the actors a base costume that they then, that's very sort of neutral. Everybody kind of looks like they're in the same place and then they'll add and take away things, funny hats and glasses and skirts and jackets and whatever to accent whatever you need, right? We decided not to do that. We wanted everybody on purpose to sort of look like they came off of a different movie set or something. You know when you see the back of a movie set and you see like a bunch of, you know, knights walking through it, you know, that looked like they came from a medieval set and then some showgirls that looked like they walked <laughs> off out of Vegas or something. <laughs> that was the idea so that there are a couple people who are, whose base costume is very particularly that were each one of these worlds. So there might be two actors that are, that look like they are, they're right out of Dust Bowl, that era of America. Um, and so when we focus on that part of the story, they're the focus, and everybody else is sort of like the stagehand helping make that world come into focus. And then when we move to the Elizabethan court, then there are a couple other actors who kind of look like that's yeah. their set. Do you know what I mean? And we kind of keep focusing on... So, but, but, but most certainly, however you do it, I mean, costumes are obviously a, a really effective way of giving the audience what they need, you know? But I think what we're aiming for is that these actors, I mean, it's a really talented room full of actors. Christina does not agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She's just staring at me blankly. You can I'm cut that. I'm um, she
3: just listening.
2: She thinks telling some me about of, some just of them mediocre. are. Just yeah.
1: about <laughs> well, Christina's
2: amazing, but and the others are pretty good. But, <laughs> but they they... So I want to also focus on letting the actors show us as much as they can without a lot of help. You know, it's kind of... I think it's really satisfying for an audience to watch a group of actors who can transform before their eyes. You know? I I, I love that. And then it can also happen much quicker. And the play doesn't have to be three hours long.
3: I would also say... It's... I just... It's such a special and unusual story that you don't get to see a lot that people are not very familiar with. And we're building this thing as an ensemble. And I'm not talking about the actors. It is a room full of tenacious, hungry, smart, fun artists, Um, everyone in the room. And, I mean, everyone is excited to contribute in terms of design and uh, storytelling, and that's a really cool way to build a play, I gotta say.
2: Yeah.
1: I know that it's been uh, said that there's some question as to whether Shakespeare wrote the entire play, and also um, the unusual use of John Gower to introduce each act with a prologue is not something that Shakespeare often does. Do you wanna to speak to either of those?
2: Well, you know, the, the, the question of authorship, of course, is, can be a hot topic, right? Um, I mean, I think that with this play in particular, it's not a far stretch. It's not a stretch at all to imagine that Shakespeare would have, um, like, uh, collaborated with other writers on, on, a, on a play. They, writers in his era did that all the time what 's a little remarkable is that wilkins who who they think wrote this with him uh, wasn't didn't have a a lot of work under his belt when he was collaborating with Shakespeare and didn't have a he was younger um, he probably came to Shakespeare with this idea what's interesting about it is there are a lot of parallels to comedy of errors and 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 obviously then the plays he wrote after Pericles but So clearly Shakespeare had a hand in this play. You see it, especially in the second half. I mean, there's some absolutely beautiful, beautiful text. Um, But I think it's pretty plain to see that it's not all his. The Gower stuff is is strikingly not like Shakespeare. It's a little... It's kind of simple, a little clumsy at times. But... It's definitely a Shakespeare play, and so if someone, if he collaborated with someone, yes, he probably did, and um, thank goodness he did. Or wouldn't we wouldn't it wouldn't be as good of a play? Yeah,
3: you need that Gower stuff too, because again, being such a huge, huge play and crossing over so much time and space, absolutely. um, You go. I mean, (laughs) without the, you need somebody to help move this thing along. Otherwise, you have to have. I think every scene would begin with, "Hey, Pericles, what's up?" Oh, nothing. Just crashed my boat. Just, just crashed <laughs> you <know>? your <laughs> Hey, where am I? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this is. You know. I mean, we would get tired of that. So we just need like a little bit of help. I think.
2: Yeah. And then we're plunged right into the scene. It's yeah. more like a really great action story where you sort of catch up, and then you're right in. It's yeah. really
1: good. And this is your first time directing on the APT stage, Eric. What do you think?
2: Well. So far, I love it. I mean, you, Brenda, DeVita brought me out here a couple summers ago to look around, see some plays, meet people, and I really fell in love with it. I thought, wow, this really is a magical place. That's what Brenda does; she gets you here, and then you you don't you don't want to go. You want to you want to keep coming here and playing. So, I, I love it. It's a really everything that Christina just said about this group that I'm working with is true. They're really inspiring and fun.
1: And it sounds like you're just the person to bring them together to uh, make Pericles come alive on stage. I Thank you so. both very much. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Talk Backs to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Ur by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks To Go. With Oren Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.